We've got tournament updates, World Tag League, Continental Classic, even all Japan. I'll give my thoughts on NXT. We'll talk match of the week, and we welcome Ring of Honor Women's Champion Athena to the show. Let's get to it. Third League Radio. I'll give you kind of my little rundown on what I wrote about NXT. Uh, let me see if I can't find it here. Flip through the pages a little bit. But what I wrote about NXT, I just kind of gave a little thoughts on it. Maybe not a rundown of matches or anything. Uh, started off with the Lexus King. And man, if Brian Pillman can ever translate who he is on Twitter or who he seems like he would be like in real life, if he can ever translate that to the character... It might be good, but I haven't really liked him since Heart Foundation days, Major League Wrestling. Uh, I've, I've liked his wrestling. I've had I've liked his upside, but I don't know. I haven't really liked his current presentation in All Elite or NXT. I I, I don't have any opinion on <laughs> Lexus King because I didn't watch any Brian Pillman matches, so um. <laughs> I didn't care for him at all. I, I mean, I, I like the idea that he at least got to pick his new weird odd name and I don't want to be mean about it because he named himself after his sisters so that's cool I mean respect to that but like come on NXT with these goofy names like we all know that's the rock's daughter give it up (laughs) moving on uh, Angel Garza Humberto Correa they had a match for the tag titles they lost not bad you know I um, they finally got a good I saw that one yeah they uh, everything about them's working right now, but it still seems like WWE's just using them as kind of a litmus test for the younger tag teams. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like they're trying to give them a push at all. Like that's not the first time that they've done that. Yeah, I mean it's it's like that with everything else. If anything that's in um, narration, storytelling, whatever, what have you, and everything, you find somebody that's really cool, and you have somebody that's not so cool, beat them up. Uh, Chris Jericho Fandango. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not going to do anything with uh, Carrillo and Garza on the main roster. So, yeah. I mean, they're kind of big stars in NXT, really. Yeah. I mean, I like how their gimmick. How, I like how their presentation. I like everything. I just, I don't know. I would like to see a little bit more. Maybe give them a tag team title run at NXT or something. Uh, but then Iron Survivor. My first thoughts were, what is it? What are the rules? What the hell's going on? And then I had to look it up and I'm like... Oh, yeah, they did this last year. It's a weird concept. I'm not against weird concepts, but I don't know. strange to me. It's just another WWE thing for me. I'm not. <laughs> I, this this year, this I haven't had a balls. reason to care about it this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Roxanne Perez was going to be in it. They made the upset there, but it was Slash Legend. I get they're trying to promote Metaphor and all that. I'm down for that. I'm just, they're going to have to show me more in the match. Other than the character, there's nothing of substance there in ring, so they're going to have to show more. And then Dragunov and Frazier, I wrote down, didn't get enough time. It's NXT TV. They'll never get enough time on NXT TV, but well, that's about Frazier, all I can say. Frazier get always gets criminally under-timed. Like, there is a couple times where he gets 15 minutes plus, but usually Frazier goes for about eight minutes, and that's... They don't yeah. they don't respect him enough. Yeah, not enough time. Think about it. NXT that I'm having a problem with right now is there's not really enough to care about. Just like you know, Cobain was saying, it's like there's just not, not anything to care about. And the only reason why right now WWE is even worth watching is a few little surprises, a few people coming back. Give it a couple weeks. I'll sleep through it too, probably. 
I love each individual person, so I'll watch it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's my take. I'm not just because I don't care what's there. I'm still gonna watch it for the people. Like I like Roxanne Perez. So. Well, she kind of like the four way match, the main event. Uh, what I wrote down is I know why they did it. <laughs> it's like I know why Wesley wins the four way of the former North American champions because he's NXT. He's gonna get the shot. He's gonna dethrone Dom. At least that's the story. He, the he is white and gold NXT. He's like yeah. their Johnny Gargano. So well, he he beat Johnny Gargano. A couple yeah. other people in this match, but. While I understand that, while I know where it's going, while I think it's a good idea, I'm still watching this match going, why is Bronson Reed not just stomping everything? Why is he not winning? Why is he dominant? Why is he not Jonah of of old? He is on the main roster. On on NXT, they do him. They do uh, the main roster stars weird on NXT. It's like whenever Butch goes down there, it, it feels like the same. It feels like the same. How Bronson felt, Butch and Bronson, you know, when they both go down to NXT, if they feel the same, like they're just out of place. Yeah. yeah. Like all the uh, mainline WWE stars going to OVW or something like that. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> a little bit odd. Huh? Like, no good. <laughs> if you get a chance to look at some of those OVW matches where they would like, you know, bring in somebody uh, that had been in OVW before yeah. or not been in OVW before. Same thing. I think Triple H has got his eye more on the actual bigger product to him right now than NXT. He's yeah. got the whole baby. The, the reason why is because those appearances are usually sporadic or one-offs. Yeah, yeah. Which, to me, mean the underlying reason is uh, for a boost in ratings. Yeah, yeah. Remember uh, when Bischoff brought in Ultimate Warrior? He did that just for ratings. <laughs> <laughs> there is that rumor that uh, that Hogan made him bring him back so he could get his win back. Oh, yeah. There is that rumor. Oh, and, wow. and Hogan you know is what? that petty. Hogan He's is that, that petty, petty, and Bischoff is also petty enough to do it. He would. He Bischoff would do, would do anything for Hogan. You know, Bischoff calls Tony a mark a lot, but Bischoff was a big mark back in the day. If Hogan or Flair was like, hey, he was like, yes. Bischoff was Dixie Carter before Dixie Carter was Dixie oh. Carter. Okay. Oh, there it okay. is. Okay. There it is. You know what? First, we got, I mean, we don't really get into all Japan tournaments that much, but we have to talk about Ryan Davidson. Our friend Ryan Davidson, former Red River champion, Ryan Davidson in the tag league with Cyrus. I mean, picked up a win, picked up a loss. They've got one match left in the tag league, currently sitting at eight points. I'm not sure they're going to go through to the final or not, but it's been a good tag league for them either way. I mean, you, 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 you know, you know more I, about all Japan, Kobe. I mean, what we're looking at is Miyahara and Aoyagi from... That, that's at least what the fans picks. Obviously, they're the yeah. most popular out of them. Um, my pick to win it was Omori and Nakajima, but... Well, of course, I picked Davidson and Cyrus. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah. None of, none of it's really surprising, though. This year, it was kind of predictable. World Tag League. Nagata and Suzuki. They finally get a win. And then back to a loss. <laughs> I think they've got one win through the whole tournament. Tag League for me is interesting because this year I didn't see any teams that I really was like super interested in. Like, I mean, you got Bishamon, who's oh, their main yeah. tag team. It's yeah. like the, their version of the Usos if, for people listening. Um, you got the new guys like uh, 
Xander Khan Jr., he's like really, really new. He's like 18, 17, so that he's on an excursion, quote unquote, in Japan right now. Well, yeah, but- teaming with the other young guy, Suji. You're a big fan of Lance Archer yeah. and Alex Zane there. They're pretty high up there. Lots They're not sauce. doing as well as I... Well, they started off undefeated. They've had like a couple of back-to-back losses, I think. Or if, if it's not back-to-back, they lost one, they've won one, and then they lost one again. TMDK is the standout here. They've only lost once. That's the faction they're push- they've been pushing for so months on months. So it's, it makes sense. Top two from A block, top two from B block. You'll have the A block finals, you have the B block finals. Winners of those two will face each other. This, I really thought this was going to be like a baby face tournament, like in the A block at least, and then the B block was going to be won by probably Gorillas of Destiny or someone. Um, but I really thought this was going to be United Empire and TMDK at the top, and we only have TMDK at the top, and the rest are kind of heel yeah. factions in there. Continental Classic. Every match in the Continental Classic this week has just been really good really solid matches I mean Dynamite Collision I mean Mark Briscoe probably the most all around performer in the I mean most consistent performer I should say in the tournament I uh, I, I really like Daniel Garcia's uh, match I, I that surprised me I, I expected Garcia to be but I didn't expect him to get a lot of the respect that he's gotten because the internet talk, I know, I hate Twitter. The Twitter talk on Garcia is basically like the, the talk on Yuta. There's not a lot of respect going on there. But I saw it change after the course of this match. Also, I liked Brody King. He picked up another win. He has got two wins, six points. You're- and like I was talking with Anthony last week about building a monster out of Brody King, and that's... I mean, it looks like that's what they're doing because they have let him really just take take charge here. Well, if they do go that direction with King, uh, I think he's ready for it. I think he can actually pull the role. There's a lot of times when you're watching them, and even as a fan, you're sitting there, you're like, eh, is this guy ready? Yeah. Is he ready? Can he do it? Yeah. I think Brody King can. I really do. I, I have a lot of faith in him. Of course, there's a lot of people in AEW that... Like Swerve. When Swerve came over, I did not have an expectation of him. I really didn't. I, I said, okay, he's just kind of a cast off. No, mm-mm, mm-mm, no. Mm-mm, not at all. He's been amazing. As a matter of fact, uh, wouldn't he be one of the pillars of AEW at this point? I mean, yeah, you know, we've uh, we had the pillars discussion, Cobain and I, about uh, Jack Perry being the devil. That's why Jack Perry's the devil. He's the forgotten pillar. I don't, I don't think that, by the way. <laughs> I think Don't that. put words in my mouth. I didn't say, I said we had the discussion. But that's why I said he's the, the devil, because of the pillar argument. Jack Perry's out there tossing to, out peanuts and popcorn. I have to, that's I, what he's doing. I think you have to kind of readjust the pillars now. I think, yeah, Swerve would be one of the pillars. I mean, I like the fact that he is one of them. I mean, it kind of get. Plus, uh, you know, Sammy's gone, you know, the baby, all that that came up and everything. So he's gone. So you don't really need that. I think you have to put Moxley or Danielson above all of them first. I think they have a higher importance to the company than people see. I mean, Moxley was their first big needle mover. He gives, he's a good locker room leader. He's helps everybody. Awesome matches. What are you laughing at? 
locker room leader. Every time somebody says that, I've got one thought in my mind. Last <laughs> hole. No, seriously, though, I totally see what you're saying, but with them saying pillars, these are the guys that are holding it up. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you're going to, if you, now this is just my interpretation of it, does not mean I'm right. But, but, all the guys that you named, they are the institution. These guys are the ones that are holding the rest of it up. That's the way I look at it. Ring of Honor. Well, moving on, we have got Final Battle coming up. Talk about a Final Battle preview. Not a lot of uh, things announced, but there has been a few. There's been the, well, a match has been announced. We don't know all the participants yet. The six men for the TV title. Also, you showed me, or you made me aware of this. I guess I had missed it. Shane Taylor, Keith Lee. That's going to be a final battle. That's interesting. That could be really good. And then we've got the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, Athena and uh, Athena and Billy Starks. We'll talk more about that with Athena coming up here in just a bit. But what do you think of final battle so far? How's it shaping up with the three that we know about? I think people are underestimating it, and it's a... $9.99 show. You get it for free with the subscription, so you're getting ever all of the ROH tape library that they can give you currently, plus the free pay-per-view. I don't see why you wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's something we haven't talked about is you it's go it's it's only on Honor Club, but with Honor Club, you you get everything. You get everything for like ten dollars. Everything that Ring of Honor has is like you can actually get to the matches a lot quicker with this yeah, too. Yeah, go to Peacock. Bit. See see what it see what it's like to try and find yourself an old match. <laughs> get it? <laughs> try and find something from 1984. Yes. Better off than using YouTube. Oh no! And then you, if you want, if the match is the main event, you have to skip all the way to the end. It's going to make you rewatch all the ads that you were trying to skip. You have to <laughs> you have to watch all the ads. So if you skip to the end, you have to watch. If each one is 90 seconds, that means you're watching 90 times 3 yeah, yeah, ads. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh, but no, seriously, though, folks, the Women's World Championship is coming up. Billy Starks and Athena will take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Athena right here on Third League Radio. I got goosebumps, man. Whoa, my God. Dallas Metroplex. Are you ready for a weekend of elite professional wrestling action live at the Curtis Caldwell Center? Wow! Absolutely phenomenal! On Friday, December 15th, Ring of Honor closes out the year with their most anticipated show of the year, Final Battle, which can be seen exclusively on ROH Honor Club. It's a ticket to the greatest ride of your life. And then on Saturday, December 16th. The hottest action is right here on AEW Collision. Tickets are on sale now and make a great holiday gift. You're listening to Third League Radio. Welcome in, everyone. How are you doing here today? We have got a special guest for you. She is not only the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, she is the longest reigning Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Please welcome Athena to the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? <laughs> we are great. Um, so... You are coming into the area pretty pretty soon here. You've got, uh, well, All Elite, Ring of Honor, three big shows coming up uh, December 13th, 15th, and uh, 16th. Uh, how does it feel to be coming home? Um, you know, as someone that currently resides in Texas, um, you know, I stay home, if that makes sense. <laughs> but it's always really exciting when work comes uh, to town because 
I, I don't know. Like the hometown crowds just hit a little different for me. <laughs> um, but yes, so um, I guess one of the questions I was kind of interested in is. You lead a Ring of Honor women's division. I mean, it's filled with talent. Uh, Marina Shafir, Layla Hirsch. But uh, not only that, you get to... Lady Frost. Yeah, you get to test your... Uh, but, but you get to wrestle not only the best in Ring of Honor, but the best from around the world, like uh, Emi Sakura, Yuki Sakazaki. Like, what is that like to not only get to wrestle those in your company, but to wrestle anyone from around the world? Um, it's been an absolute journey. <laughs> I'll say that. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like if you would have told me like five, six years ago that I would be in the ring with some of these women like Kira Hogan, Yuka Sakazaki, Miyu Meshta, Ronda Rousey, Marina Shafir, Billy Starks. Uh, a lot of these women I've never like thought in a billion years I would be able not only to have high profile matches with them, but to kill it every single time we're in we're in that ring together. Um, there's there's too many women in my division. I do consider my division the best one in the world because we are the hardest bunch of women. You have Layla Hirsch, Layla Gray. Uh, you even have Maria Canella, so she doesn't dabble in the ring. She dabbles her hands within the matches, so to speak. Um, but I'm really proud of my division and everything that we've accomplished, not only in this last year, but since the rebranding and Ring of Honor started. Yeah, I mean, it... it... <laughs> I don't want to take anything away from anybody else, but the women have kind of really carried Ring of Honor for a little bit here, I think. I mean, you got you yeah, and Billy Starks. I mean, you Yeah, you guys Rousey. headlined the last uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I think that was the first time for women to headline a pay-per-view. Yeah, it was the first time under the AEW slash ROH banner. Me right. and Willow Nightingale, um, I, I think it has to be one of my favorite matches in my entire career just because it meant so much that... Uh, Tony Khan put faith in both of us uh, to be able to deliver that match, and I know uh, it, it was—it meant a lot to me in my career because I don't really—I don't know—I never really had a main event on a pay-per-view, uh, especially when I was on the other side. So it meant the world to me on such a personal level uh, that he he had given us that opportunity to just beat the tar out of each other <laughs> in the main event when you had people like Samoa Joe and Claudio on the show as well it really showed that he had faith in in us in our division and what we had been putting out there on television yeah no i uh i really enjoyed the match you and billy had uh, with uh, ronda rousey me marina severe <laughs> my goodness uh, i mean not only the one in uh ring of honor but the first one as well i got to watch that but now you and Billy kind of battling it out at final battle. Do you think that's going to be the main event? I mean, I got it as my main event. I mean, it's the focal point of weekly TV. It's got to be, right? I mean, yeah, it would have to be. I mean, honestly, that's up to Tony. Um, and I am fully 100%, a thousand billion percent going in, assuming we are the main event. Um, you know, Tony has been so awesome as far as, like, letting us tell the story, letting us beat the tar out of each other and other people in the process and just kind of really letting this minion empowerment movement take <laughs> over <with> the <laughs> Kind of going, kind of in that vein as being the lead of the show, um, you were talking a little bit about Eddie Kingston not being around, like you're being really the only champion to be yeah. on the show. You mentioned you were basically the trios, the tag, the TV, the pure champion, because you're mm -hmm. the only one who shows yeah. up, so what is that like? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's really awesome to be uh, 
a focal point of Ring of Honor, first and foremost. And like Eddie, I've known for years. I love Eddie. He knows that it comes from a very, from a very angry place at him for not giving me my praise when he talked about the workforces of Ring of Honor. Um, you know, Ring of Honor is a brand that like literally I wear in my hair. Uh, I have red and white dreadlocks <laughs> right now, currently, because I wanted to show the world that like Ring of Honor means something. Um, it's a focal point for a lot of people to show how hungry that they are, and that doesn't just include the women, yep. that includes the men on that side too. You know, a lot of people say that it's less than, but no, like this is like NCAA, baby. We are fighting the good fight over here. You know, we're trying to show the world what we are doing matters and that it means something. Um, so for Eddie Kingston to come, who just won the Ring, Ring of Honor World Championship, and I consider my title above his, for him to come to my show and tell me that I'm not pulling my weight, oh, you know I had to say something. You know I did. <laughs> yes. um, that's just not in my character to let things fly. I am from Petty City. Okay, Petty City, Texas. And here in Texas, we don't take no gruff from nobody. There you go. No, I mean, okay, you mentioned it right there. I really like... I'm okay. Ring of Honor has been a real big part of my life from uh, bringing my son home and finding the first Ring of Honor VHS tape in my mailbox to, <laughs> uh, to kind of, well, last year, the sad part of using Super Card of Honor is kind of a send off for my mom who had just passed away. Like Ring of Honor has been a real big part of my life. So it's, I don't know, it's very cool to see the different eras of Ring of Honor. And you've been a, a part of a couple of eras of Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, I actually used to wrestle for Ring of Honor before I signed with WWE, um, on and off, uh, because the women's division was very certain going Ring of Honor, but they always took pride in it. Uh, we never really felt like a special attraction match, if that makes sense. Like, they literally cared from women like Sarah Dory, Daisy Hayes, Allison Danger, Alexis Lurie, you might know her as Mickey James. Like, the forefront of women's wrestling has always been there, even Sumi Sakai. Uh, I hate that I always forget Sumi because Sumi's absolutely phenomenal. Um, these women set the foreground that, hey, we're not just eye candy. We can kick ass just like the guys can too, you know? And to continue that legacy, not only when I was on the independent scene with Mischief and Jenny Rose and some of these other uh, phenomenal female athletes, like to come back and show the world like, hey, Ring of Honor is still a thing and we take pride in what we do. Like, it means the world to me on such an intimate level. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Yeah, you've definitely brought a new life into that women's division and Ring of Honor in general. Um, I definitely love the new era of having mostly young people on the show. Um, After you, if you lose the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, are you going to be... Hold on, hold on, if, you if, this if, if. Stuff. I am the forever Ring of Honor <laughs> Women's World Champion. Forever. She's don't don't be talking man. about the ifs, ands, and buts here. <laughs> <laughs> Take him out. Take him but out. <laughs> but, but I'll allow you to finish your question just because I'm entertained. Yeah, my main <laughs> question was, if you lose the belt, will you be a more prominent role on AEW TV, maybe collision the next night? Um, I do not plan on losing my title anytime soon. I do want to tell you that. Um, but if, if for some miraculous instance that Billy is able to beat the Forever Ring of Honor World Champion, I don't think she I will. Mean, by the way, like yes, 
Good, good, good. I'm glad you're on the same page as me. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, if that happens, who knows where I'll show up? I'll just put it that way. Who knows? Um, it could be collision. It could be dynamite. It could be rampage. Oh, even if I win and beat Billy, who knows? I could just show up on collision, show up on rampage, show up on dynamite. No one would you know, be mad I've about been, that. No one would be mad about it. But at the end of the day, you know, it literally comes down to this match. It comes down to me versus my former minion. I'm still going to call her my minion because we all know she's going to come back to my side when she takes this beating. Um, Maybe she'll graduate but, this time. You know, <laughs> you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's about me and Billy, me trying to show this young kid a lesson because we all know how ornery them teenagers get. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, you know what? We won't take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to tell everyone, Billy Starks, Athena, final battle. It's coming up December 15th. You can go watch it live. The Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas. You can get it on Honor Club. Uh, it is free mm-hmm. with the first subscription, so you don't have to pay anything extra. But Absolutely, yeah. and don't forget, we are in Garland, Texas. You can get your tickets at rohtex.com as yes. well. You know, you can see me in person and see how absolutely amazing I am. Definitely. <laughs> go go in person if you can possibly go. There's going to be AEW uh, there as well the next night. Going to be winter is coming, uh, well, a couple of days earlier in Arlington. So big, big week of wrestling in the DFW Metroplex. Yes, Absolutely. Hey, thank you for calling in today. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Athena. Thank you guys so much. And I'll send Matt your regards. Third League Radio. All right, coming back here on Third League Radio. Was going to do Match of the Week right now, but I have been informed we must. We have to. We can't get away with not. We have to talk about CM Punk. What do we got? Well, actually a lot. Um, some say the promo was written for him. It was about five, six minutes. You know what? I can say that. I, I, I will say that maybe they were like, here, put this in your own words and hand him a sheet of paper. But I don't know. If it they was it was very locked him. down. Yeah. It felt like. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. But it, it was good. I'm not going to say it wasn't good. He still did punk. It was still a good promo. It's just it was PG punk still. Yeah. Which isn't, isn't, some people don't like it, but whatever. Um, he did add in that line at the end, of course. <laughs> he's being all Kevin Nash from the time he debuted in the wave to the time he said that at the end. He's trying to be all Which bad you boy. Me, you showed me Nash uh, kind of, I don't know, mocking and making fun of that line a little bit. And everybody said that line. Yeah, like, no, and Nash you know, actually Nash commented actually, on that recently. <laughs> Nash yeah. has said that line, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing that you guys are, are going to love about this. If you'll notice and really watch that promo, of course, you know, he does a little cheap heat that he does in there. He's going to he's gonna turn bad. He's going to be heel. <laughs> he's going to be the heel. I, I think he's going to be a heel within the next three months. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're... They're going to make Seth Rollins turn into a baby face. Right now, we're kind of like indifferent and annoying. But when Punk comes in and like beats on him, then basically the the report is they're playing, planning Punk versus Rollins for Mania 40. Or the, that's the they don't they because they didn't have any plans when they punk, brought Punk in. So all the easy plans are being reported and they're all they're going to be thinking about him, obviously. 
so the easiest plan, which they did think about, we don't know anything about if they really will do it, was Punk versus Rollins. And then they had a really big talk about doing Punk versus Reigns after that. As in, he goes through the shield because if you remember, Punk didn't want Reigns in the shield and Punk was trying to run the shield is the thing they were supposed to do. Punk wanted him and Chris Hero in the shield. Hmm. So that's another story they can bring up in there. Long-term storytelling. I want Chris Hero in the shield right now as well. Um, Man. Honestly, I mean, he could still wear the chest plate that Roman used to do before he had his boob job. All of that. (laughs) He had the Samoan boob job. There's nothing wrong with it. The Rock did it. It's fine. It's fine. They have to have a little tuck. It's fine. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But here's the thing with CM Punk. It's it's all short term. It really is. It's going to lose a lot of steam, especially with the way that he's going to book. They're going to have to put Rollins over because they've spent so much time building Rollins or letting Rollins just pretty much do whatever his red boots wants to do. <laughs> yeah, and then where do you go with Rollins? If you're, it, de- it all depends how they build Punk, but the way I see it, if Rollins beats Punk, where does that go with Rollins has already beaten everybody? Do we get like a second match with maybe Sami Zayn or something? They finally overcome it, but I just... If Rollins beats Punk, I don't see how they could feasibly book that into it, you know? Yeah. This is how I would book it. Go ahead. Let Rollins and, and CM Punk have their, you know, have their feud or whatever. Make a shorter one, you know, three, four months or less. Get it over with. Let Seth Rollins look all pretty and shiny and babyface. And then have, you know, uh, CM Punk show up on SmackDown with Paul Heyman. Turn Paul Heyman. Yeah. You know, t- double. He, he turns into a double heel well, at this at point. That, at that point. At that point, Reigns would have lost to Cody, seemingly. So Paul, maybe destruction of Bloodline, he goes back to Punk. Or Paul destroys Bloodline. Or what if Cody gets his hands on Paul and uh, Roman doesn't do anything about it and we don't see Paul for a couple weeks? There and we then, go, yeah. And then uh, there's like, they do a couple weeks of, you know, Paul uh, video chatting them. You know, with a little Band-Aid on his forehead. You know, like the old JR thing. And then he just comes in. He's like, well, you know, the wise men say just keep the course. The wise man's arm is broken, so he's just going to sit here, oh, tribal chief. And then all of a sudden, you see CM Punk come out of the crowd and whack him with a, with a uh, chair or something like yeah, that. Completely yeah. unexpected because you still think that there's something with him and uh, Rollins. And then you get... Paul Heyman show up on the screen right afterwards. He says, oh, Tribal Chief, I'm very much mended. <laughs> really, really quick uh, fantasy scenario before we do Match of the Week and get out of here. Um, what if They already have to give Punk his own locker room. What if they put they bring <laughs> Paul back man. with Punk and they bring back ECW on Thursdays? Uh. Paul, Paul runs ECW with Punk on Thursdays. Give Punk his own show again. <laughs> I don't know, man. It didn't work the first two times. <laughs> Just keep Jack Perry away. That's yeah. that's 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 it. Jack Perry, the young black. Oh no, they'll sign Jack Perry to ECW. That'll be the main <laughs> event of December to Dismember. Long-haired, skinny guys need not apply. That's that's CM Punk's oh. uh, kryptonite. Start a new pay-per-view, real glass. Match of the week. All right, move on. Match of the week. Honorable mention. Uh, so honorable mention for me this week 
Comes from the World Tag League, uh, December 2nd. It's the opening match of the whole show. It wasn't from the World Tag League, but... You know, normally, like, my honorable mention would be maybe a match that uh, was good. You should go see... Uh, maybe not the second best match, or just just something I think you should maybe go see, or something maybe you'd be sleeping on or whatever. This was a quick match. It, it, it was a decent match, but it wasn't really... Hey, you should go see this match. Why this gets honorable mention is it introduced me to two people who I'm looking forward to watching in the future. It was uh, Yuta Nakashima and Oscar Loibe versus Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Iano. I'd never seen Nakashima or Oscar before, but like, okay, Oscar Loibe is like, a, look to me, at least in the match I saw, like a cross between Walter and Wade Barrett. Like a young Walter Wade Barrett type where Nakashima was like You guys remember that chop fest between Sasaki and Kobashi? If that chop fest produced a love child, that's what Nakajima looked like to me. So simply because I got introduced to two people I'd never seen before, that's my honorable mention. Uh mine is gonna go to um Swerve versus Jay White. Um, Honorable mention? Yeah, third place actually is going to go, just so I appeal to the WWE fans, third place was the, uh, what, I think a four or five-way gauntlet tag match on Raw. Okay. That was a really good tag match, so. I went with your honorable mention as my match of the week. Swerve, Jay White, Continental Classic. From Dynamite, it was a good match all the way through. I thought this was going to be the first draw of the match, or first draw of the tournament, I should say. I, I, I really did. Very good all the way through. You pointed this out to me, Cobain. Like, there's a really good section in there where Swerve is using rolling maneuvers into different moves for a good five, six seconds there. And I, I can't really describe it without trying to go play by play, so I'd suggest you just go watch it, but... He starts rolling into submission, and then he gets uh, White, like, laying down, and then rolls into a position to lift him up into a suplex. And this is all one continuous motion. It happens maybe five, six seconds, and it's like three moves in that time. It's it's a very cool little sequence there. It's, so uh, It's a great match. It feels like it's 25 minutes, but they did it in, uh, I think, 1630. Yeah. So. yeah, but that's uh, that's my match of the week. That's exactly the same match of the week I was talking about. Kind of foreshadowing a little bit earlier in our conversation by bringing up Swerve. That yeah. was kind of the point was I didn't he- sit here and talk about Swerve for the next 30 minutes because I'm fanboying on the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Last two weeks, he's had the match of the week for us. So oh, he has, has there's yes. something There's something to it. Yeah, for me, uh, it's I, I'm going to go with Danielson and Kingston as my okay. match of the week. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, every every match in the Continental Classic has been really the, good, but Kingston and Danielson was... Yeah, Kingston just yelling at the, Danielson for that time. The thing was, was, for me, it wasn't powerful. the technical ability inside of it. it. It wasn't ever going to be that. For me, If we were going to talk about that, then it would be a different... It would probably yeah. be like Andrade and Garcia or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, that match had the best in-ring story this week, I feel like. You're listening to Third League Radio. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time right here on Third League Radio.